Hello and welcome, friends. It's lovely to be here. I'm Pam Pastor, your host for the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. You know, one of the promises that God gives to us is that He will multiply grace and peace when believers diligently strive after a deep knowledge of God and His Son, Jesus. That's one of the reasons that actually this podcast and my book are named Grace and Peace of God is because first we have to accept the extended grace that Jesus has placed upon our lives before we will have the peace of God. You know, we're promised the peace that surpasses all understanding. So I hope that helped to shed some light on that for you today. And we learn in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Simply put, we claim God's promises as yes that are ours in Christ. You see, it's God's power that we see in His promises. His word promises new mercies are fresh every day, meaning that we have redemption in Christ and through Him daily. So now let's prepare ourselves to enter into His gates, or I should say through His gates with thanksgiving, and we're going to enter into His courts with praise. Lord, we are thankful for You, and we bless Your holy name. We praise you because you're the creator of our lives. We make a joyful shout as we come together in praise to worship, knowing that our approach is an active one rather than one of passivity. And we find that the Apostle Paul teaches us much about your promises and your wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, God alone made it possible for me to be in Christ Jesus. For my benefit, God made Christ to be wisdom itself. He is the one who made me acceptable to God. He made me pure and holy and gave himself to purchase my freedom. Amen. Well, you know, Jesus promises all things, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But do you have a favorite Bible verse? Perhaps you learned a passage of scripture as a child, and it has stuck with you into your adult life. Or maybe a time arose in your life where circumstances backed you into a corner, and your only sure footing was to stand upon the mighty word of God. No matter what your reason, here's one Bible promise that should be housed in your biblical repertoire. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Many people hear Romans 8, 28 and respond, yeah, yeah, I know that one. But friend, do you really know it? Here's what Paul teaches us. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So let's look deeper into this scripture verse. Immediately we read, and we know. Who is the we that Paul's referring? The we refers to all of Jesus's believers. This is not a promise for all of God's creation. Rather, it is a promise for all of his children. Think of this in this respect. 
A family may have a long and rich lineage entailing many exquisite recipes compiled throughout generations. People outside of the family do not have access to these insider secrets. God is staking a similar claim here. Those outside of Christ do not have access to this promise. It may even sound foreign should they hear of it. They have no filters to help them comprehend the meaning of it, or more importantly, no Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them. As believers will face trials and tribulations, that's a given. But trials are circumstances God allows to equip us in growing closer to Him, while tribulations are enemy tactics. The enemy of health, relationships, career, the enemy of daily living, etc., These tribulations help us overcome in the name and power of Jesus while simultaneously helping us to build up our faith while standing in our authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions, which are representative of evil spirits. Paul tells us all things work together for good, not some things or a few things, but all things. This means that trials and tribulations will form a synergy, working together for our best and highest outcome. And it's no secret for believers and non-believers alike, life includes seasons which are difficult to navigate. Some time periods are less stress-filled than others. This verse I hold close and near and dear to my heart. Over the past several years, I've had to climb up atop of it and profess it over my life many a times. When things didn't make sense, I felt grief, loss, disappointment over and over again. And what I found was that this scripture, God's word, didn't let me down. Time in and time out, God has come through the dark valley, pulling me out with his light. He renews my hope amidst despair. He has literally saved my life from the enemy who wished to snuff out my voice. Paul tells us that all things work together. We already said this is synergistic, but it's also taking the natural and combining the supernatural with it. You see, God is sovereign. Therefore, he knows our beginning from the end. Like a highly advanced GPS, we have been given free will, while each of us has a destiny to fulfill. When not not if, but when we get off track, Jesus helps to course correct us. God is behind all of the scenes of our life. When one of his sheep that he is shepherding veers far off the path, he gently brings them back into the fold. Now, don't get ruffled from that analogy. Believers will easily understand its implications, while non-believers may become offended, citing all their reasons. You know the ones, I'm not a sheep. Sheep are dumb. I'm not part of a pack. You're just a cult. You're right. But Jesus needs an analogy. Farmers and herdsmen would recognize and understand. If you're offended, I'd ask you what analogy you'd use instead if you were the creator of the universe. Now, the creator of our universe has given us the Bible, which has held its own for more than 2,000 years. It's the word of God in the words of man. While it's one complete book, it houses inside of it 
66 individual books with various settings and themes, yet authorship is always attributed to the one true God. It's the story from beginning to end about the redemption of man. Many sub Sub-themes do exist throughout the Bible. Specifically, we learn about forgiveness, love, sin, eternity, and the triune God. Using God's word as our benchmark, we see how we had to break in and invade the kingdom of darkness to break us out. The pivotal point was his death, burial, and resurrection. It was at the critical juncture where the light of the world overcame death. We don't know the time or day when Jesus will return as the Lord of Lords and not the suffering servant, but we're promised vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Please see the spirit and intent of my heart when I deliver that message. I do so out of love. We've all fallen short of the glory of God and we've all made mistakes. We've all behaved in a rude manner or just not up to par with being our best selves to others. When we're sorry and express this to God, he does what we talked about on Tuesday's episode. He abundantly pardons us. It was left to spirit-enabled man to record God's thoughts, producing an inerrant and infallible manuscript known as our Bible. The Bible recorded over... 1,500-year span by more than 40 authors. All of these authors God used from all walks of life. For instance, farmers, fishermen, historians, prophets, and apostles. The original language the Bible was written in was Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Even the geopolitical regions the Bible was written in were different. They included Southern Europe, Asia Minor, Mesopotamia, and the Middle East. So it's important to note that the struggles and failures of the authors were not withhold or limited from the Bible. The Bible is a living, breathing document. It offers us guardrails to help us live a better life. People report incredible experiences when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of their life and guides them in their readings. Numerous people have reported sections of the Bible illuminating in the words raised off of the page as it spoke to them. And if you're asking why the Bible has been able to carry forth so much strength and power over all these years, it's because the Bible addresses the most critical need of man, and that is his redemption with God. It helps creation to no longer be at enmity with the Creator. You see, Jesus is our propitiation or our atonement for sin. So let's get back to our scripture verse of promise for today. Again, it's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Paul tells us, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God takes our adversities, our messes, and he turns them into our message, also known as our testimony, for use in his glory. King David said in Psalm chapter 119, verse 71, It's good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. This seems like such an odd statement, yet don't we desire to learn the word of God? Sometimes God does afflict us or allow a trial into our life, like we discussed earlier, for three reasons. First, he wants to get us back to where we belong. 
Second, he wants to teach us important life lessons that we can teach to others. And finally, third, to help us know that God is a faithful God. Whenever we are afflicted by God, it's at the hand of a loving father. He hurts us to help us. Do you believe Paul's promise of God works all things together for good? All things is such an exhaustive list. Do you remember the story of Joseph who was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers? Well, we're told in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, Moses is recorded as saying, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Just like the sum is that of all the parts, our lives are a reflection or a composite of many aspects making us whole. God promises that no experience will be wasted, even things that society doesn't want to address or talk about. God interweaves the threads of many tapestries to make one beautiful finished product. Upon closer inspection of this promise, we do see that this promise carries with it a condition. It isn't a blanket blessing. This promise is for those who love God. Let's look at what Job had to say in Job chapter 1 verse 21. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When we truly understand that God has given each of us a purpose in this life, we can worship like Job. He was a godly man who turned into a grieving man who still dug down deep and worshiped while he mourned. We too must affirm the goodness of God in the middle of desolation. This is an act of worship in its own right. You may have heard me quote John 3.16 frequently on other episodes, perhaps and hopefully you too have it memorized. For God so loved the world, here's the condition, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here God gives us a wonderful example of what placing love into action looks like. This is an example of a conditional promise. God placed action behind his love and he gave. He had to do something. John wrote in John chapter 14 verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Here we're saying yes to Jesus. We do love you by being faithful and obedient and keeping your commandments. John extends this thought further by telling us in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Non-believers find God's commandments, his ways, his guardrails to be a burden because they're lacking the Holy Spirit who brings peace. When we keep God's commands, we pay careful attention to and never forget them. This is the condition that drives the promises down further into our hearts. So pray now with me. Lord, when we're struggling, help us to grab a hold of your promise from Romans chapter 8, verse 28, telling us, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. 
all things point to the glory of our Savior. Amen. Friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in his son, Jesus. The apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was then placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us upon our conversion. While it's true, we can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. What we can do is show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening this relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, take action now. Step out boldly in faith and conviction toward the kingdom of God and openly confess after me. Father God, I come before you repenting of known and unknown sin in my life, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking, acting, and showing up in life. Jesus, you're welcome to take up permanent residence as my king upon the throne of my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my past, present, and future sin on that cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, consider growing in a good Bible-based church surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will assist you in edifying and building up your newfound faith in Christ. Congratulations and God bless you on making the wisest and most important decision of your lifetime. Friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast is available daily. A special Children's Jesus Talk University podcast airs on Wednesdays, so tune in along with your children. Our episodes discuss and share Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, as well as miracles, parables, and the teachings of Jesus's ministry. This is an open invitation for you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of exploration of all things pertaining to Jesus. And if you like this episode, make sure to like and subscribe so you'll get the latest releases as they become available. Much of today's podcast referenced my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring, compelling, or perhaps wish to do a rigorous deep dive study of your own, you can pick up a copy from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands, you won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. Until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And a final word given to us from the Apostle Paul is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
God bless you. And if you receive this, say amen now. Amen.